This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, sure is good to be here. Not, not the hospital, isn't it? Our nursing home. Our funeral home. Hey, man, it's nice to be alive. And, you know, I always have to quote that uh, godly man, Michael Van Ort. Still living. And you know what? No matter what your physical health condition is tonight or what you've been through, what you've been diagnosed with, you're still living. And because you're here tonight, you can get the answer for any healing you need, any questions about health you need from the Word of God. But the thing is, uh, Mrs. Pastor, I was thinking, you can't, you can't lead a horse, you can lead a horse to water, but can't make a drink. Well, we got our horse moved out to Dewberry Springs yesterday, but couldn't make it eat. Put the feed out there, wouldn't eat. I said, well, I said, you can't make it eat, you can lead it. But you know, that's like sheep. You can lead sheep right to the Word of God, but you can't make them eat. And you know, uh, my faith, or another believer's faith, could get you temporarily healed, if you need healing, but you have to get a hold of something yourself if you want to keep your healing. You have to get it yourself. You know, I think about Robert joked with Julie a while ago, but she has to bring twice as much because she's got a baby inside of her. Well, she could feed the baby now, but there's going to come a point in time that baby's got to start feeding himself after he's out on this earth for a while and starts growing up. He has to start eating himself. And baby Christians, we can do it for you for a while. But after you've been born again for a while, sit in a church like this for a while, you have to start getting a hold of something or you're not going to make it as long as you could have. Amen? Uh, title of tonight's message is, How Much Do You Know About Divine Healing and Divine Health? And I'll bet you right there, prob- probably half the congregation didn't know this difference between divine healing and divine health in the Bible. But that's what we're going to talk about tonight, some of those things. But I want to show you a couple really good books out of the bookstore that'll help you. And I really... I really pray that something really gets stirred on the inside of you tonight to get more serious about healing and health, especially if you've ever had any health problems. Or if you're getting older, you might want to start learning something now to extend your life. This is by Brother Hagin called Healing Scriptures. All it is is a lot of healing passages out of the Bible so you can finally start learning where some are uh, chapter and verse. You can learn addresses where verses are in the Bible so they'll help you to live. And then this was called Seven Things You Should Know About Divine Healing. Seven Things You Should Know About Divine Healing. There's a lot of things you ought to know, but Brother Hagin picked out seven goodies that you ought to know about divine healing. And, you know, it's like a lot of us have said we're preaching before, the wrong time to prepare for an attack is after you've been attacked. The best time is to be ready in advance so you can resist it when it comes. Amen. So I want you to look at Third John, verse 2. 3 John, verse 2. Are we in the funeral home? I thought we was at the church. Let me clean my glasses. Man, that sounds almost graveyard dead. Somebody get excited about the Word of God. I tell you, I, t- I told you, man, I'm going to challenge you on that and drill that into you. You're going to be excited about the Word of God, even if it is Wednesday night and you're tired. Uh, my day tried to start at 1230 in the morning this morning. My family got blessed with another dog that everybody loves, and I love him too, in Jesus' name. But uh, anyway, our seven-year-old great big giant Labrador retriever decided at 12.30 this morning to what to go do-do in the yard. And Mrs. Pastor saw logs and 
I better listen to that dog about 15 minutes. About quarter to one, I got up and took the dog out. And I got back to sleep, woke up again about five o'clock and had a good day with the Lord, a good day working and things like that. So kind of, kind of, kind of was dragging a little bit tonight, but I'm excited about the words. I'm just saying, I know that a lot of you worked out there jobs all day long and things like that, but you had, you had enough faith and enough spiritual sense to come to church tonight. And so act like, act like tonight, like his pastor Dave, and two of my grandsons last night. They got tickets to a Pacers game down watching the Clippers in L.A., and after a long day, I don't think those crowds down there, after working all day long, sit there, and somebody hit the three-pointer to finally, you know, uh, get ahead, but they didn't get ahead. They'll probably all sit there, the whole place went silent. I think no matter how tired they were, there's some shouting, some jumping, some whistling, some hollering, and some stuff going on. So you're about, you're, you're about to, you're about to get at least a three-pointer tonight. Hey man, hey man, you're you're on the winning team. You're on the winning team, and so I want to say this as we, as we prepare we prepare to look at this verse here, that one of one of my major strengths in ministry, for all the years I've been in ministry, nearly four decades, has always been teaching from the Bible on divine health, and divine healing, and seeing the results. Here's the key of my ministry for all these years in this area: seeing the results in people's lives that seriously listened, that seriously listened, and then put into practice, and then put into practice what the Bible said to do and what they heard, what they heard taught. And so tonight I'm going to look at it from different directions I normally teach. I'm going to look at that direction tonight. I'm going to look at some things to challenge you, to challenge you to do. And you know, I was thinking... As I was having praise and worship, I was just sitting there in my chair, just kind of meditating, thinking, looking to the Lord about anything else to, you know, I needed to emphasize tonight. But the thing was, I will guarantee you, and I know this for a fact, because last year uh, I, w- I was in the sixth seat for a while. I received my healing as soon as I prayed at the start of the year. I had to walk some things out, and I listened diligently. Every time that doctor told me something to do, Every time they and the druggist told me how to take medicine and side effects, because I knew where I was at, I was looking, number one, to God for my healing, but I knew I was in these people's hands, too. I knew if they told me don't do something, don't do it. If they told me don't eat something, I didn't eat it. If they told me make sure you drink this much of this, I drank it. Everything, I, I diligently followed every direction. This is a whole lot easier when somebody teaches you the Bible to follow God's directions. It's a whole lot easier. The thing is, the difference of this, though, we're in a spiritual warfare. The devil doesn't give you any resistance about taking those medicines, going to knock you out and dope you up. He doesn't resist you all that. He wants you that way. But he resists you. You can be awake all day long and just wide awake at night and think, man, I'm going to go to bed, but I think I'm going to watch a TV show first. And all of a sudden, man, you can endure that TV show for two more hours. You could have had a nap in the afternoon, all rested up, think, you know what, tonight when I go to bed, I'm going to read that Brother Hagin book on healing. Or I'm going to look at my Bible. Lights out, man. Two minutes, you're asleep and wonder what happened. You know, that ought to tell you right now the spiritual warfare you're in. I, I guarantee you tonight, as tired as some of you are, that if you left here and read somebody and said, hey, man, haven't seen you for a while. You want to stop down at Del Taco? You can sit down there until 10 or 10.30 at Del Taco talking. Because all of a sudden you get your strength back. 
But somebody says, hey, you know what? We're getting ready to have a prayer meeting. We're going to be praying about some of these things. Pastor taught that, man. We want to get this thing real. Oh, I got to get home. I got to get home, man. I got up early today. I had a long day. I'm just absolutely wore out. No, I can't do anything like that. Well, we as Christians have to start making some choices that we're going to be serious about God's Word. I'm going to challenge you tonight for the Word of God. Look at 3 John 2. 3 John 2. And it says this, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things. Here's the will of God for all the beloveds, which is born-again Christians. God's will is this, that thou mayest prosper. God does not want you broke. God wants you to drive the best, to wear the best, to get the best education you can get, for your kids to have the best. That's prosperity. God wants you to always have more than enough to be blessed in your family and have more than enough left over to put the offering, more than enough left over to bless some person that needs help. You find out about a family that's had a tragedy. You don't have to pray about it. You say, man, I got surplus. I'm going to help those people. That's prosperity when you take care of yourself well and other people. So God wants you to prosper. It says, and be in health. God wants you to live in divine health, which means you just stay well. You don't get sick. Sickness knocks on the door. You get rid of it quick in Jesus' name. That's divine health. And divine healing is if you get sick, you know how to get healed. Said above everything else, God said, and you know, you stop to think about it, what he said right here. He said, prosper and be in health. We as living, breathing human beings know if you don't have money, it's really hard to get along. Man, I'll tell you what, I've known poor days before. I praise God I like these days better where I'm not poor anymore. I know poor days. And then he said, be in health. Christians that are sick all the time aren't much good for anything for anybody else's sake because they're all the time wanting somebody to help them. Poor Christians need help all the time. Sick Christians need help all the time. And so God said, I want you to prosper and be in health. That way God can use you to be a blessing to somebody else and you can get around and do it because you're not crippled and in bed all the time. Amen? But then I want you to notice the last part. Heart, here's the clincher. Here's the clincher. Even as, even as thy soul prospers. Even as thy soul prospers. He said prosperity and health for a Christian is based upon how serious they are about spiritual things. Even as thy soul prospers. And so as you can see, your physical healing and health is a reflection is a reflection of your knowledge of God's Word on the subject of divine healing and what you do with that knowledge. And, you know, when I, when I look at spiritual things, I think about, I, I gave this example a couple year, a couple weeks ago, but I'll give it again because it's good because I know we got to talk about softball. we got sports people out here. My son Joe was born a mountain climber and a ball player. I think one of the first sentences out of Joe's mouth was we saw, we didn't have mountains back in Indiana, but saw, saw, saw a little hillside, Joe said, I'm going to climb that mountain. And from the time he was a little kid, whatever he saw, I'm going to climb that mountain someday. He always talked about the rough and rugged things. We had lots of woods out there. They had, had, had wild vines growing in him. He always played Tarzan with his buddies. He climbed these great big trees and swing on vines across the things, do things like that. I remember one time we was going on a ministry trip down to uh, Georgia, and we stopped at Chattanooga, Tennessee. And down in Chattanooga, there was a real mountain down there, just a little foothill, but a little mountain. And I, Joe couldn't have been, I don't know, man, maybe six, seven, eight years old, little kid. 
We got out of the car, stretching, thinking about going into the hotel, looked up there, there was Joe halfway up that thing. Man, he sprung up that thing. And that's the way he's been about every sport. But I said that to say this. Joe was on the church softball team when he was here. He was on the church softball team where he's at now, too. But he just wanted to do better and better, man. He struck out too much to suit him. He didn't hit him far enough. He didn't field him good enough how he wanted to. So he went on the Internet and downloaded videos on hitting. He downloaded videos on how to play the outfield, how to play shortstop, how to play these different positions they wanted to play well. He studied those and studied those and studied those, and then he put it into practice what he saw the pros do. He got out there where Joe could be in, in the center field and cover right field and left field a lot of times. If we, had, if we had a player out there that couldn't run fast or couldn't catch good, Joe would hit that whole field way over here because Joe learned he studied every player on the other team. He saw the ones that could hit, the ones that couldn't, and he saw the where the ones hit it at that could hit, and so he positioned himself. He got a position to catch it. And if you're going to be a person that lives in divine hell, receives hell, you've got to get in position. You've got to get in position to catch what God has for you in that arena. So anyway, what I'm saying is this. Joe become a student of the outfield. He become a student of the good hitters. And so Joe got out there. It got totally amazing what Joe, what Joe could start doing. He knew when somebody, when he was batting, he got to where he knew how these pitchers threw. He knew if they had a weak third baseman. He knew if they had a really sharp shortstop. He got to where he could place the ball. He could either hit it in the air and drop it in the middle between the outfield and the infield where nobody could get it. Or he knew how to hit a fast grounder right through some place where there wasn't a good person could do it. And then he knew how to run and he knew how to play. He knew if they had a weak player in right field and he knew if he could make it from first to third but he should have been out at first. Because he learned how to read it. He learned how to play it. He learned how to do it because he didn't just watch the videos but he actually did what they said to do. And so that's what I've said about church tonight. About things we do. About books you read. Scriptures you read. People's testimonies you read. Start being at least as smart as somebody wants to improve themselves in sports and improve your health. Start doing. And, you know, I think I can call myself an expert in teaching this. I've been doing it for almost 40 years. I've got people healed of every disease you'd ever think of. Jesus had his word through me. In this church, you know, a lot of you have been healed of so many things because of the word that you heard taught it got you. And so, you know, when and I'm not lifting me up at all. I've been doing this a long time, been teaching a long time. I've seen the results of people's lives in it. And so I really, like the Apostle John, beloved, above all else, I want you to prosper and be in health. But it's not up to me. It's not up to God. It's even as your soul prospers. You've got to do something about it. Amen. You've got to do something about these, the spiritual part of it. So I'm going, to, I'm going to look at a real simple passage that I hope you're all familiar with. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 it's the communion passage of 1 Corinthians. What we're going to look at tonight, not so much from the perspective of communion, but concerning even as your soul prospers. And so we're going to look at it challenging you and stirring you about, well, you know, I, I just, I just, I could get back to softball. How come, how come one person playing left field catches nothing and another person playing center field catches everything in center field and left field you know the devil knows where to hit you at because you're going to miss it every time 
Amen. Uh, I, I got to stick on the subject. But how many know we teach on faith here all the time? And Jesus said, you'll have whatsoever you saith. Well, he knows where to hit you that did. Well, you know, if all those kids in school, all they all get it every year, and I do too. Guess what? You just missed another one. One came your way, and you missed a chance to receive healing, but said, not in the name of Jesus. We used to get it before we learned about the blood of Jesus. We used to get it before we heard that our words matter. And so all the other kids in school may be getting it, but my kids are covered by the blood of Jesus. We're in a covenant with God. Sickness can't come into my household. He hit, he hit you. He hit you. Uh, well, you know, it's that time of the year. My allergies, my allergies always act up this time of the year. My allergies, you just claimed it. You just bought it. It's yours. It's yours. Well, you know, I can't eat this. I can't eat that because I'm allergic to it, the doctor said. Well, Galatians 3.13 says Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law. And Deuteronomy 28.61 says all allergies are a curse. And he's redeemed you. And so what I'm telling you is this. There are things being thrown your direction every day. And you've lived in it so long, you're so ignorant of it, you don't even know it. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm saying that that's the truth. The Bible says in so many places, my brethren, I not have you ignorant. And ignorant simply means, it's not a cuss word, ignorant means you don't know. You know, I am so ignorant about computers. That doesn't mean I'm dumb. I just mean I've never taken the time to study computers. You know, I can really, really, really uh, do an iPhone pretty good now. I can do an iPad pretty good now. But uh, we went someplace a while back and they told me, they said, go up there and log, just have to log into that computer on the wall. And I stood there with, And I walked over to it and kept on hitting stuff, trying to make some barrel move or something like that. And finally the lady came up around the window there and said, here, let me show you how to do that. I said, thank you. If she just said, log in on the iPhone, I could have, like that, I'd have been right in there. And so what I'm telling you when I'm talking about these things about divine healing, when I say you're ignorant of things, I'm not at all putting that on you. I'm just saying you haven't studied enough. Okay, and so 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I want to read four four verses, and we're gonna, then I'm going to go through these, and it's really going to help you examine yourself and see where you are. This is like taking a self-examination test to see where you stand. You know, I know we know we've got different people in the church that are getting GEDs and things. Well, what they do, they give them a test, first of all, to see their level of knowledge about things, to see how much they can pass and what they've got to study for. As so this is like taking that test. This is like an entrance exam into healing school. To see what you know, to see how much we've got to teach you. So verse 28, 1 Corinthians 11 says this. <clears throat> but let a man examine himself, or a woman examine himself, and then eat of that bread and drink of that cup, talking about communion. For he that eateth and drinketh, that's talking about the little piece of cracker you eat and you drink the juice. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation or judgment to himself, now, this verse right here, this last part, this is what we're really going to major on tonight, not discerning the Lord's body. 
not discerning the Lord's body. Remember that statement because we're really going to break that apart. And then says, for this cause, not discerning the Lord's body, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Many die before their time. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. And so when he says, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you, Christians, my brethren, I don't want you ignorant. There's one reason why the world gets sick and dies before their time. There's another reason why Christians get sick and die before their time. The world has not walked into the covenant that God has for them yet. They haven't received Jesus. And so therefore, there's a curse that came in the earth through Adam and Eve. Christ redeemed us from the curse. And when Christ redeemed us from the curse, we came out of the bad covenant into the good covenant. And so sinners, unsaved people that aren't born again, they're still, I don't even like to say the word mercy, we're at the mercy of the devil and he has none. In other words, they're subject to all sickness and all disease, accidents, premature death, and every evil thing out there. But then when Jesus Christ died for our sins, was raised from the dead, I'm not getting into a lot of healing scripture tonight because I thought this was going, but there's plenty of verses tell us that when he took our sins, he took our sickness. He took our sin, he took our sickness. And a lot of Christians know the sin part that he took. They don't know the sickness part that he took. He redeemed us absolutely. And just as we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we need to actively receive Jesus Christ as our healer, as our protector, as our deliverer, as our all in all. We need to do that. But see, a lot of Christians don't know that. So I want to say that one more time. There's one reason why the world gets these things, because they don't have a covenant yet. See, we can pray for people and get them help, get them healed, protect them, stuff like that to a degree. We said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. He said, there's a different reason why Christians get sick. He said, for this cause, he didn't say for many are weak and sickly everywhere. He said, in your congregation. He said, there's a cause. And so we want to look at that tonight and see what it is he's talking about. And so notice not discerning the Lord's body. If you're taking notes, the word discern means to see. If you discern something, you see it. And so the Lord's body is talking about two things here. And, you know, what I'm saying here is not deep stuff, but if you're a Christian that hasn't really studied your Bible or paid much attention in class, and by class I'm talking about in church services where a church teaches the Bible, if you hadn't paid much attention, this blew right past you. The Lord's body means two things here. Number one, his physical body, the body that Jesus lived in while on the earth. That was called the body of Christ. It's the only one there was. This here, this here is called the body of Bernie. I live in this. There's only one of these. Amen. That's the body of Frank sitting right there. There's only one body of Frank in this room. It's right there because Frank lives in that body. When Jesus was on the earth, there was only one body of Christ. It was his. He lived in it. Amen. So the body of Christ. And so uh, the physical body that Jesus lived in while on the earth. And then also number two, Jesus has a spiritual body. Today, every born again believer, every born again Christian is a member of the New Testament calls us the body of Christ. So he's talking about two things there. When he says, for this cause many are weak and sickly, he said, because they don't see. 
the body of Christ. They don't see, number one, the body that Christ lived of all the earth. The Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, multiple scriptures tell us that body was going to be bruised. That body was going to be whipped. That body was going to have 39 stripes on it. So we end up in the New Testament says, by his stripes, by those stripes, by those bruises, by those wounds of the body of Christ, ye are healed. Amen. He said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you because they don't see that. Why don't they see that? Because they have never seriously studied it. These books I'm showing you right here teach you those things. I'll show you the scriptures. I can go, I can go down a lot of roads tonight teaching about uh, those different verses about the body of Christ. That, I mean, way back in the Old Testament, I worked my way forward into the New Testament. Like I said, I've been teaching this for almost four decades. I can take you right on through there and show you verse after verse after verse in the Old Testament prophesying what was going to happen to his body. Then I get to the New Testament where he talked about what was going to happen to his body. Then I get to the epistles where they told you what happened to his body. And so past tense, present tense when he's walking the earth, and then future tense. The prophets of old told it. Jesus foretold it. And then the epistles told it after it happened. It ends up in 1 Peter 2.24. By whose stripes ye were healed. Amen. Now, you think about this, how God talks about things. Were your sins forgiven 2,000 years ago? Yes. But you received that today when you asked him to come into your heart. When you said, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You died for my sins, Jesus. I asked you to forgive me. Come into my heart, Jesus. I want you to be my Savior. Well, all happened right then was you changed. He didn't. He died and was raised from the dead 2,000 years ago. And so then when you get the revelation and you see the Word of God that 2,000 years ago, by his stripes you were healed, and that begins to get real in your heart, in your thinking, you look at sickness from a whole different angle. You begin to see, wait a minute. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. According to the word of God, I've been healed, and the devil tried to make me sick. Your whole perspective changes. Then from becoming a person that's crying out and begging God, if it be thy will, you're recognizing that the Word of God is the last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is His will. And when you read the will, you see that by His stripes I was healed. And so He said, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you. And they don't see that. Because they don't discern that. So for this cause, in other words, another way to say that is this. They're ignorant of what belongs to them because of what Jesus did. Is that making sense to anybody? You, got, you guys see what we're talking about here. Amen. He said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly. And then also, for his spiritual body, for his spiritual body, we're commanded, we're commanded all through the epistles, which is the letters written to the believers, to the body of Christ, to the church, we're commanded to love one another. We're commanded to treat each other with respect and with dignity. And whether somebody goes to another church or goes to your church, the moment you stepped into gossip and criticizing about them and judging them, you shut your faith down for healing. Don't you ever talk about a Baptist or a Catholic 
or a Presbyterian or a Methodist or anybody anywhere that carries the name of Christ. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you because they don't see the body of Christ. At Jesus, you know, there's so many, so many, so many things the Bible teaches on this area of seeing the body of Christ too. Do you remember Saul of Tarsus? When he was Saul of Tarsus before he became Paul the Apostle, what he was doing? He thought he had an assignment from God to kill Christians. He thought he had an assignment from God to put Christians in prison. He held the clothes of the people that killed the first martyr, Stephen. He stood there holding their clothes. And Stephen got stoned to death. I mean, man, that, 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 that was a pretty serious thing. That man was doing. At that point in time, I'll answer the question. If I'm going to ask a question, I'm going to answer because I'm not setting you up. At that point in time, did Jesus live on earth or did he live in heaven? Jesus was in heaven already when the church was here. So Jesus was up there and Christians were down here. But the first thing that Jesus said to Saul of Tarsus, when he made it, he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He didn't say, hey, why are you bothering those Christians? He said, I'm taking this personally. He said, the day that you talked to me about Dave, he said, I heard that and I took that personally. You're talking about Dave, Jesus said, you're talking about me. He said, you're making fun of Sonia, you're making fun of me. And no, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you something about healing to health, why some Christians don't get it. Because we're talking about the Bible there said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. He said, because they don't discern the body. Well, we're his spiritual body. And so, and you know, you know, something that families don't get, they don't understand. First Peter 3, 7 says, husbands, honor your wives or your prayers are hindered. Why is that? Because your wife is part of the body of Christ. Your husband is part of the body of Christ. And Jesus takes that personally. And so, you know, I'm talking, I'm talking about Christians now that sit in churches like this. They hear the Bible. They know the Bible. They know how to pray. But he said, for this cause, he said, for this cause, many of you are weak and sickly. Why is that? It's not that you don't know how to pray. Not that you don't know some Bible. But you're not seeing you're not seeing that that person that carries the name of Christian is part of his body. And I'll tell you something else, too. Just like Saul of Tarsus got to go so far that Jesus finally come down on him, but he had a choice that day on the road to Damascus. He's either going to turn or burn. That you as Christians, there comes a point in time in a Christian's life, if they continue to persist, I've been put it downers of gossipers, of sticking their noses in people's business where they don't belong, of being critical, judgmental, bad-mouthing, putting down on Christians anywhere in the world. Jesus, how many know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever? How many know that God is omnipotent, He knows everything everywhere all the time, hears every word, sees everything? And Jesus said that, that God is so uh, omnipotent that he knows the number of every hair on your head. And you know, God, God is so awesome. Jesus said every bird that falls to the ground, he knows about it. So think about you. When your mouth gets to opening and criticizing somebody in this church tonight, when you go home, start talking about them, you know what you're doing? You're saying, I'm going to hinder my healing I need.
my faith is going to get shut down because I would rather, I would rather make myself feel good and talk about people than to keep my mouth shut and pray for them. You know, I just want to keep going back to verse 29 because for somebody that talked about me that's taught this for so many years and seen so many things, he said, for this cause, many. Now, you know, when I say that, I want to point this out. He didn't say all. He said many are weak and sickly because they don't discern. They don't see what belongs to them because of his physical body. Or they don't see that they're supposed to love people whether they want to or not. Amen. There's a cause. And you know, there's other causes too, of course, that things happen, that, et cetera. But tonight we're focused on this right here because God wants you, He wants you to get a hold of this tonight. And so, you know, the thing is, how much do you know about divine healing and divine health? And so verse 31 then, he says this, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Now listen to this, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hit this from a different angle than what I usually do, so listen closely for you. This is why, because of the ignorance of God's word concerning what Jesus did for you, this is why we need to examine and judge ourselves concerning our Bible knowledge on healing. And see, doesn't that fit in context? He said, because Christians don't discern the body of Christ, here's the cause that many of them are weak and sickly. So would this be a good time to examine ourselves and say, what do I really know? Amen. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Examine ourselves see, what do I really know about divine healing? And you know, the sad thing is, I've been around so many spirit-filled Christians that are serious Christians and I don't know anything about any baseball teams or scores, man. People laugh at me if I'm around my kids or somebody that talk about football guys or baseball guys. Man, the other day I said something about Johnny Unitas. And, and man, he's not around. Joe Namath, you know. That, I mean, that's that, that's a little bit I know. But you know what they can tell me? Most of the Christians I've been around, they're serious sports guys. Well, I'll tell you what, he played He played the 1939 this, and he did this, did this, did that, did this, and they stole it from him. I thought, wow. And talk about something else. Well, man, that, that was the 1962 World Series. That was Mickey Mantle. <laughs> like that and did this. Well, that, that, that was, well, you know what happened back in 2001? Back in 2001, they stole that from him. Well, what, are you, what are you talking about? Him? Man, well, the, the jersey's not up there now. The number seven ought to be up there. It's not there now because this, 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 and this. They quote me ball games. They quote me scores. They tell me how tall somebody was. They could tell how many fouls they got before they put them out of the game. They could tell how far back the field goal was. I mean, all those different things they could tell. But then here they are, got some serious illness. I said, well, what scripture are you standing on? Well, I, I, I don't know. Well, well, what, what Bible verse are you praying about? Because faith pleases God and the word of God is God talking and he likes you to talk his word back to him. So what Bible verse you stand on? Well, uh, I don't know any. I think, I think there's something about stripes. There are the stripes on the highway out there. Yeah. There's stripes on the flag. Yeah. You know, what stripes are you talking about? <laughs> you know, nobody ever laid a football on somebody's head and got them healed. Nobody, nobody ever quoted the score in last year's World Series. And you know, when it comes to those games, I like to watch those big playoff games, about all I watch. But the next day, if you ask me what the score was or who played, I could even tell you who played it. But I'll tell you one thing. If you say, hey, 
My baby's sick. My mom is sick. My, my husband's sick. Pastor, could you come out and pray? I'll tell you one thing. I can pray the word. I can pray in faith. I might not be able to help you uh, win any money off the Super Bowl. But I can get you healed. Amen. And so anyway, we need to judge ourselves, examine ourselves, concerning our Bible knowledge. And listen now, this, this is where the challenge comes in. This is where the challenge comes in. If you still don't know where basic healing scriptures are in your Bible, then you're ignorant. I'll say again, if you don't know where basic healing scriptures are in your Bible, you're ignorant, and you're not discerning the physical body of Christ, and you're one of the, for this cause, many are weak and sickly. And many sleep. And so, he said to judge ourselves, and so, you know, this is not some super condemnation thing. Just, just think, just think to yourself right now this. Ask yourself, how many healing verses do you know in the Bible? Just stop and think about that. Ask yourself, how many healing verses do you know in the Bible? Can you tell chapter and verse where they are and quote them? How many healing verses can you, if your life depended on it, and it might someday, how many healing verses can you quote chapter and verse in the Bible? And, you know, just, just a question. Would anybody like to tell me chapter and verse and quote a healing scripture? And Maxine, you probably don't count. I saw that text you sent her. Maxine sent a text her. She read to me on the way to church tonight. Maxine recently went through, recently went through some things and stand on the word of God. And man, she said, I said, man, not Maxine. She's preaching my sermon tonight. That text right there, she can't do it. She quoted a half a dozen scriptures in there and had it written out and quoted the scriptures. But I'm asking all of you, and don't be bashful. If you know a healing scripture and where it's at in the Bible, and you can quote it, just raise your hand. I won't even, I won't even ask you to embarrass you and put it out loud. Okay, of the crowd we got tonight, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't know how many people got it tonight, but we got ten people, so that's... Was your head already up? Well, ten to half there, because he's only halfway up, so she's not sure. No, but you stop to think about it. We probably, we probably got somewhere around 25 or 30 people here, I guess. Something like that. So maybe a third to a half the people know where there's a verse at in the Bible on healing and can quote it. And so see, what you need to do for all of you, you need to start buying books like this. You need to start, you know, uh, do what I did back in 1980 when I got born again. Just start buying the index cards and write the verses out even. You know, you know, forget the modern stuff. Just get write them out on a card. Stick it in your pocket. Stick it in your purse. Carry it with you. And all the time when you're so tempted to pull that thing out and go, uh, I want to see if I can see any gossip. Uh, I, I want to see, I want to see who's having sex with who. Uh, I want to see what evil Trump did today. Uh, I want to see some more about evil Baba did last time. You know, somebody thinks they're all evil. What's that do for you? Instead of doing that, put that card in your pocket where your phone is. And when you're tempted to pull the phone out, pull that out and say, Matthew 8, 17, Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Mark 16, Verse 17 and 18, 
Lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. They shall recover. Just start getting some verses out. Can you imagine what it would do to your faith level if instead of the iPhone every time you pulled out a card for scripture on it? You know what I'm doing? I'm issuing a challenge tonight. Actually, I, I can be bold enough to say, not me, but Christ in me is. He's issuing a challenge tonight. And you know what will happen? You'll start getting prepared for a future attack. Something will come on you and... Instead of, instead of grabbing, instead, instead, instead of grabbing for something for a painkiller, you'll be said, no, I'm a believer. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. I'm anointed. Anointed's come through my hand right now. Lord, I say pain, get out of here in Jesus' name. I'm redeemed to you. Go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Instead, instead, instead of, instead of grabbing your throat. Well, uh, this one had it, that one had it, that, and my throat's getting scratchy. It might be getting scratchy. Faith does deny things. Faith changes things. Say, not in the name of Jesus, devil. Take your hands off my throat. I release the Lord of God. I am healed. Get better every day. Headache starts to happen. Say, no, devil, in the name of Jesus. I resist you. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If you'll say, well, I got a headache coming. This is the granny. Got a sore throat coming. You know what that means. Well, I know that one comes my way. It's just like if UPS knocks on my door, got a battle, b- box of rattlesnakes and say, here's these. I got your address on them. I said, I didn't order those snakes. Get them out of here. Yeah. I don't want any snakes in my house. I didn't order them. I'm not taking them. So the devil comes and tries to tell you, this is yours. You say, nope, I didn't order that. I'm healed. Amen. This helped anybody tonight. Amen. <laughs> and so any, any, anyway, just for the challenge zone tonight, as I issued that, I just want to remind you what we opened up with. Third John 2 says, above all things, he wants you to prosper and be in health. The last part's the main part you need to know, even as your soul prospers. If your soul's not prospered, you're not going to prosper. If your soul's not prospered, your health's not going to be what it can be. And then he said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you because they don't see what Jesus did. Amen, amen, amen. Well, that's what we got, that man. I gave you my best. I hope, I hope you got something out of that. But the main thing is, be like Sonia. Study those videos. She studies them. I know she does. Study those videos. And then don't just study them. Do what they tell you to do. Sit under, sit under the pastor and good Bible teachers that do what you tell you to do for the Bible. I'll tell you what, you'll start, you'll start batting a thousand. And get rid of sickness and disease when it hits your house. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.